everyone and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. Uh, so today we are joined by Kat, uh, who basically made a big old trip in this past year, not physically because it's not that many miles apart. However, during lockdown, when the world was going through hell, basically, and still is in certain parts, uh, but decided to come and relocate from Portugal to uh London in England so it's a big journey to make obviously uh, during a lockdown and for um, any time really but when nothing is open and the chances of jobs are lowered it does seem like a really big move so um, yeah that's that's who we're going to be talking to that's what we're going to be talking about and everything that comes with it really so how are you doing Kat? I am doing good I'm very excited to be here thank you so much that's the first person to be excited. Some people like to be here, but excited. We'll, we'll go with that. No, I um, am. I am. I am all. I'm. I'm both. I'm both of them. <laughs> um. So obviously, your your employment that um we hadn't really d- discussed yet is that you're a trained occupational therapist, or you're training, or you just finished your your training for it. Yes, I finished. I finished my degree, my bachelor's, um, in July last year. Okay, and um. So the main reason you came over to the UK is that we take it more seriously than Portugal, is it? Yes, definitely, definitely. I'll give you a, um, an example. In Portugal, so my friends, for example, right now, one of them has a good job because um, it's the internship. Where she did the internship, they really liked her. And by the end of our degree, um, they needed an OT. And because they like her, um, they called for her. So she has a nice job. She has a decent job, full time, um, mm. has all the benefits. All right. And then <laughs> most of my friends have like two different jobs where, for example, they have to go to schools, make um, assessments for the kids. They don't get paid for the time uh, they spend they don't get paid for the consultation for the assessment they have to pay for their own gas they have to use their own car um, and then the only money they might get is if that kid goes to the clinic they are working for and goes for them so the intervention is with them which is ridiculous what are you going to do are you going to pretend that kid as something that needs an OT just so you can have the money yeah it's ridiculous you're not going to do that so yeah most of them as these kind of jobs especially as a new grad it's really complicated to get as an OT and even the doctors even the doctors usually don't know what an OT is in Portugal was I was going to say did you want to do you want to actually describe because I know so most people have probably heard the term OT occupational therapy because it's probably at your work and if anybody ever returns to work it's usually like oh we just want you to have a meeting with your OT first but most people just kind of go yeah okay and don't really know necessarily (laughs) what it involves so do you want to get into it yes of course so basically an OT will always try to improve your quality of life like will always try for you to live independently which means it's it, it can be in the simplest of the activities. It can be, for example, you can't shower on your own. We will try to help you. You can't, it can be basically whatever you want, daily activities, shower, eat, you can't write, um, you can't go to the shop on your own and it 
Once again, it can be for several reasons, because you can't go down the stairs in your house or because you have some mental issue that you can't have a routine. For example, you can't follow the routine or you go to the shop and you have no idea what you have to buy. So it's just standing there and then you come back home. So it doesn't matter if, if you're a child, it doesn't matter your age. We work with all ages and we always try that you live independently and that can go either we can go we can work on you for example you had a stroke and you can't brush your hair because you can't make your arm go all this way up hmm. we can either work on your arm so give him exercises to gain strength for example and gain more amplitude we can work on that or if for some reason, uh, it simply cannot be worked. It's going to be like that forever. We can give you, for example, uh, a brush with a bigger handle. And that way you can do like this and brush like this. Yeah, see that, that, thinking of that specifically, so someone like um, the late John McCain, um, who was um, a politician in America, he was one of the candidates for... um, for president at one point for the republican party um but he he had um he had really bad issues because of being a prisoner of war he couldn't move his arms past a certain mm-hmm. point so mm-hmm. i think it was about then he he literally couldn't move it because of being tied up and stuff yeah. so it's things like that that have happened for god knows what reason like everything else yeah. might be absolutely fine because for him um in general obviously um the way he passed away was uh, was cancer but there was a lot of uh, there was wasn't much other stuff wrong with him there wasn't he wouldn't you know, he was perfectly fit and healthy, but there was just that one thing. So for an occupational therapist, there might be like, OK, well, we don't need to change everything. It may just be a really simple thing. OK, you can't move. Your yeah. In that yeah. case, we need to do that for you. And of course, for him, it might be something in like um, occupationally when he was in government to be able to help him. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, for example, in one of my internships, in one of my placements, I had a man that the only thing that happened was he went to bed and he slept during the night on top of his hand. So the next day, he literally, he he had a dead hand. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't even feel it. He couldn't do anything with it. He couldn't move it. So Mm. he went to, he was having physiotherapy and he was having occupational therapies. And obviously, because that was the only issue was temporary. In two weeks, he was almost fine, almost like normal um but for example also because i know people usually when i give this description they say oh but that looks a lot like uh, physiotherapy the difference is what did i say i said because you can't brush your hair we're gonna do this our intention is always the activity for you to be able to do what you want to do and we will train but whatever we need to train to get there um, but our focus, you know, it's not the strength in your arm. It's that you can brush your hair. So for example, I remember one of my, one of my teachers that was actually my mentor in the end of, of the degree, he used to say the difference between physiotherapists and occupational therapists is a physiotherapist will help you walk again, but an occupational therapist will help you dance. Mm. you know that's that's the difference they will make you walk but if you want to dance i will find the ways so you can dance yeah yeah 
Excellent. I love it. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite amusing for things like that, because I think a lot of people, especially when it comes to anything to do with, with health, um, mainly because of bad media, um, a lot of Brits, I think, tend to think that actually mainland Europe is is better for things like that so it's quite strange to to really? hear that yeah that's how i mean well maybe more 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 northern europe but i think it's definitely mainland europe um people assume it's but it's basically down to the you know the daily mail the telegraph the people that like to have a go at the nhs it's down to people like that <laughs> where, where it comes the this idea of oh well but but you, mainland europe do it better um, and I'm saying mainland Europe, anyone out there, it is mainland Europe. We're still Europe. We're not in the in the European Union. We're still Europe. It's a geographical thing. Deal with it. Um, just an off topic there, but, you know, geography lessons. Um, but mainland Europe, um, it, it just it does seem for a lot of people to be there. I mean, obviously, with um, the changes um, in um, drug rehabilitation in Portugal specifically, that seems to be, you know, miles ahead of everyone. Um, certain things to do with um, how you look after um, uh, children and those that are um, pregnant in places like Finland and Netherlands, that seems to be miles ahead of everyone. So I think for a lot of people, the idea that we're leading the way, uh, or at least we're, we're above the scale of what you would expect from one of the, those countries does seem a little bit strange to us. Um, because I know that there's there are countries that will see a certain occupation better than the others. Like engineers are, you know, that's a that's a title in Germany, whereas mm -hmm. it, it isn't really anywhere else. Um, but it is it is rather strange to think of that. But um, so what made you what made you want to do it and and change like during a pandemic, which seems like <laughs> I mean, obviously you you had kind of newly qualified and you thought oh well, I better go and go out into the world, but during a pandemic i mean it seems oh, like I... especially london i mean london and um, the southeast in england um at the time i mean we hadn't we we hadn't quite got the the extra rise but we weren't doing that well so no, we I mean, weren't, what, weren't. What, made, what made you think yeah let's go into lion's den <laughs> oh it was so many things okay where's the white stars okay so i always wondered what it was like living abroad like what is like seeing a different culture but not just by seeing it because I go there for a week and I talk to the locals and I go to their shops or stuff no what it's like to actually live there and that's all you have um so that was always in the back of my mind for for years yeah but never actually did anything about it never ever googled about it or whatever um, and then when I started my degree, I was in another um, bachelor's course first, and then I moved to OT. So when I started, I was already 21, 22. And I was like, the first year, oh, that is too big. I think it would be interesting because I know OT is better in the UK. Oh, maybe it would be interesting to move there. Well, I'm still in the first year. There's nothing I can do about it. Something happened. The same The same thing happened in the second year, third year, fourth year. And then fourth year, uh, I was doing my thesis in the end of the course. And I thought, okay, um, if I want to move, if I ever want to move, I can't have a stable job and I can't have a house. Because I know me, I'm brave, but not that much. 
I'm brave, but not that much. If I have a stable house and if I have if I have a house and a, a stable job, I'm not gonna drop everything and go. So if I want to move, the perfect time for me to do is after I finish my degree, because looking for a house, I'm still gonna have to look in Portugal. Looking for a job, I'm still gonna have to do in Portugal, and also I'm most likely to get a better job in the UK. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then. I moved during a pandemic because Brexit was happening mm -hmm. in the end of the year. Like if I had experience as an OT, I would probably be able to be in Portugal, apply for a job here and get in here. And then I would freely move in here. I wouldn't, I don't, I wouldn't have any issue. But because I'm a new grad with no experience at all, it would take me, I don't know, maybe two years to be able mm -hmm. to move here. By then I would have a house. By then I already, I already, I already had, I already would have a job. Yeah. So I was like, no, okay, I gotta move now, and I gotta move fast because when December ends, I need to have a job and I need to have a house so I can prove I've been living here. Uh, <laughs> so I finished my degree in July. In September I moved. Fair. So I mean, there was there was there was thought behind it because I think. When I, when I heard it immediately, I was like, was this just like, because a lot of a lot of stories, I think for a lot of people, especially British people, tends to start with the idea of I was in the pub. Um, and, <laughs> so, and I just part of me thought that maybe you were drinking one afternoon. This is my bet. <laughs> no, I gotta I, do it. <laughs> I mean, I started I started cycling across France once because I had a conversation in a pub with a mate of mine. So um <laughs> but no. um yeah that didn't end well but still but uh, it's, it's it's interesting to see you know there was a plan it was always kind of in your head you always kind of thought even from your first year you were like okay actually I think this may be something I want to do in the future mm -hmm. um so it, and it's weird that you almost took advantage of the Brexit because you kind of went okay this is now a timeline I, exactly I now need exactly to do this now Exactly. Um, it, it can't it can't be any other time so I mean exactly. how do, how has that affected you in terms of like general stability because I know obviously you've been now that um the the 12 countries that are in the green zone have come out Portugal is one of them um so that's good for you obviously you can actually go home um at some point which it must have been really weird because obviously we've been very open kind of borders and everything so it's like oh shit now i can't go back um but exactly it's green yeah so first time green, that i moved out of the house and i can't go back for months <laughs> yeah so i mean how is it how has it been kind of dealing with that um i mean obviously you can you can go back now um when you can get the decent flights and everything and I think we have to do like one test on the way out or on the way back. Mm. That's it, um, which isn't too bad. But obviously that must have had an effect. Like you say, it's the first time you've kind of properly moved away. And then suddenly, yeah, now done. That's it. Yeah, you know, I was still living with my away. mom. Yeah. See, most people, when they move away for the first time, it's like, oh, I'm moving away. But I mean, the amount of times at university that my housemates, bearing in mind where I was at university, the first time I went to university, about 10 feet behind us, maybe hy um, hyperbolic that but very very close was the laundrette but the amount of people that I lived with were like oh, yeah, I am going home to do my my laundry they relied on their parents to do it um and so that's that's what a lot of people are like especially if they're coming from home and same as you so how has it affected you that you didn't have that connection you couldn't just go oh I'll, I'll 
my mum can do my laundry. My my mum can, I can go there for some food. Cause like, um, obviously for, for yourself, it's a bit of a culture shock with food. Um, yeah. uh, not to say that there's anything wrong with um, British food, but the problem with British food is if you're, if you go to the touristy places, then the food is shit. So it's the same as anywhere. I'm sorry. That's the yeah. same in any country. It is. I've had, exactly. I, I mean, I went to Rome and I had both my best and worst Italian food ever. And they were opposite each other. I made the stupid mistake of going to the touristy place and going, yeah, no, I'll go to the like, this little dive place. That's a proper. But I mean, that's the case for anyone. So even things like that, when you'd be like, oh, God, this isn't this isn't what I'm used to. And how how has it affected you in general? Because I know um, for myself, um, my sister, Janine, you're not watching this, but hey, Janine, um, when we moved to the Isle of Wight, which is I mean, it's an island. It's a small mm-hmm. island um, at the, uh, off the south coast. Uh, you know, it's it's very close to England. It is still part of England. But we lived there for about three ish years and mm-hmm. we moved back because my sister was homesick and we were still in the same country. You know, there's a bit of water between us, but we're still in England. Yeah. So um, how has it affected you in, in that kind of thing? To be honest with you, it didn't affect me as much as I would, as I thought it would. Mm. Um, so, for and, and it's it's actually funny to think about because the only experience I had, I in Portugal, I still lived with my mom and with my brother. Um, the only experience I had of kind of not living at home, it's because I had to do a placement. You were still in the same district, but it was like a 40 minutes um, distance traveling by car. Uh, so instead, it, w- it's, it was cheaper to simply live in there during the week mm-hmm. than going and coming back every day, especially because at the hour that I go, it's, it's peak hour. So I would take like probably two hours to get there because of traffic. Uh, and that's the only experience I had. I would go on Sunday night and then I would come back Friday night back home. Uh, so, okay. for example, my laundry, I would do it at home. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> <So>, please. <laughs> <laughs> basically, basically. Uh, we, did, we didn't even have a washing machine. Like, it was me and a friend. Uh, we both got placed there. <laughs> and the house was so small. It was probably even smaller than the studio I live now. And I live in a very small studio. <laughs> okay. Um, but it doesn't matter. It was just for the week. And then we'd, we'd come back home. But, well, moving here, I think it wasn't as bad. For example, my boyfriend moved one month after me. And he definitely is homesick. He really needs to go to Portugal. I'm starting to feel it now. Mm. But he is, is already feeling like this for months now. Probably three months, four months. And I think what helped, what helped me was actually I don't feel much of a difference because I don't do anything I leave the house and I go to work and then I come back I I stream I sleep go to work come back eat stream you know so I'm not exactly doing anything that I wouldn't do in Portugal because before I moved we were also on lockdown so I was just home all day used to it so is it is it that um weirdly enough the lockdown has kind of helped you within that way because you can't go and because i suppose if you if more things were open then you would be you would see more of a kind of 
I say British culture, but you're in London. So that's a very much more of a mix. But you, you'd be able to see more of the kind of we talked about before we started recording the idea of a British pub, which is uh-huh. I, I until I until I traveled a lot more, I'd never really realized that a British pub is very different to everywhere else it's different to any pub that I've been in anywhere else um so even something like a British pub would make you realize oh I'm I'm not in Portugal whereas at the moment your mind is still kind of going yeah but this is the same as home um exactly no 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 that's exactly because for example now you see sunny days so when you're walking uh, on the street and you go to a park you see families there you see friends in there um and now that I see that, I'm like, I can't do that because my family's not here. My friends are not here. Now I'm starting to feel it too. Uh, but before that, I was just home and, and at work. So nothing was really different. And also, I think what also helped me um, is that, and that is a difference that, for example, me and my boyfriend have. I know how to be alone. I can entertain myself being alone for hours. I can be watching streams on Twitch. I can watch YouTube. I can watch TV series. I can draw. I bought two colorful books I had in Portugal, but obviously I I brought two suitcases and I haven't been to Portugal ever since. So I couldn't bring anything from home. And I bought two colorful, like those therapy uh, books for adults. Right, okay. I bought those and I'm painting them with pencils, with markers, and I can do that with, for example, watching something in the background, watching a movie in the background. I can do that for hours. I can do that for hours. And my boyfriend, he, he can't. He, he, for example, he watches uh, videos on, on YouTube, but it's like it, half an hour. He plays on the PC, but also it's like two hours. And then he doesn't know what to do. And I, I think that helps. I think I think that helps too, because at home, I don't know, he could go to the kitchen and talk to his mom. Right. You know? Yeah, and that, again, that's that's definitely a cultural difference as well, because I don't think that's something that, you, that people necessarily would do nowadays. I think for a lot of people, what you're doing is what we would do in England, for younger people at least, or you'd go down the pub. I think that's that's the other thing as well. Or, or you might, you know, just walking around town, I think, is something that a lot of people would do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's kind of been taken away. It's not really yeah. there anymore. Um, so I'd like to confirm to anyone watching worldwide, because I know we have people that watch in America and Canada, that England is not that rainy. OK, we've just had someone from Portugal talk about the fact there's sun. There's definitely sun in Portugal. They recognize it. There's a weird statistic. People always think that England is very rainy and everything. I'm like, it really isn't. Statistically, it isn't. There's other places in Europe that are worse. France is worse. But for some reason, England is the rainy one. I'm like, I okay. swear. <laughs> That's the idea we have in Portugal, too. No, it's freezing all day and it's raining all day. You're going to hate the weather. I yeah. was so worried about the weather <laughs> when I moved. Okay, yes, it is colder. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter the temperature in here. It's going to be probably most likely it's going to be warmer in portugal yeah but it's totally bearable it's totally bearable and it's not rainy every day and it's sunny it's sunny right now yeah well i mean i think you can see in the background like if i turn around i can see i can see the outside but for the camera it's like no it's just sun um (laughs) it's weird it's it's a weird thing that we we have there so you see you can survive (laughs) if you're from other places um but yeah so it's it's weird at the moment so 
Um, has it also helped though that your boyfriend is there? Because I, I'm guessing you actually have the ability to talk Portuguese, which must be helpful because yeah. I know. So you have the advantage of you're at least bilingual. Um, for, I mean, for me, for instance, I, I will at some point, because it's on my bucket list, I have a written bucket list, it is on my bucket list to go and um, live in another country for at least a year. But I'm a wimp and I will probably go to somewhere that speaks English because <laughs> I, 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 have ne I never kept up from school with languages. I kept up with everything else. I didn't really keep up with languages. And I'm sure if I tried, I could do it. But it just seems it's so um, bizarre, England's trying to learn other languages. But for you, you can. Like, if I went to Portugal, I'd be there just going, mm-hmm, that, that one. Um, but, but for you, you've been able to obviously speak English, but you still have that taste of home because you can speak real Portuguese. Not just yes. someone that can speak Portuguese that's English, but actually someone who speaks colloquially Portuguese to you as well. Yes. Oh no, it, it feels great because sometimes you have no idea. Sometimes like I can make myself understand. So if I don't, I'm going to give you a simple example. If I don't know how to say you need to shake your hand because I don't know the word, the word shake in English, I will say move your hand one side to another really fast. I can make myself understand even if I don't know all the vocabulary. Yeah. But sometimes I feel so dumb because I know what I want to say and I don't know how to say it. And then I'm, and I feel like I'm sounding really dumb to other people. And that really gets me upset because if I'm dumb, I will tell you, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know. Don't ask me. I don't know. Mm. But when I do know and I don't know how to say it, it upsets me. So coming back home and being able to just talk non-stop really fast because it's Portuguese <laughs> and it's easy. It feels nice. I'm not going to lie. It feels nice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I think I can speak for most, most people that your English is probably better than most people in London who are from England. So, oh, um, <laughs> and, and it's certainly better. I, you, most people can understand you far better than roadmen, for instance. Um, I don't know if that term makes any sense to you, but <laughs> no, so roadmen are a, are a kind of a younger a subgroup um, that talk in weird. It's like those people that say, "Yeah, fam, yeah, in it, yeah, fam." It's those people. Oh yeah, and okay. That doesn't make any sense to most of us. So your your English is far better. Don't worry, you're never coming across dumb when you can speak in somebody else's language in perfect sentences. That isn't dumb. Yeah, that makes so us feel worse. Because we're there going, oh, fuck, I couldn't do that in your country. Uh. Um, you're like, yeah. The English way of speaking another language is to speak faster and slower. Sorry, it's slower and louder. That's our and version of speaking another game. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at, well, but you got to think too that, for example, I listened to Portuguese since mm. I was born. Yeah. Because there's movies everywhere, there's TV shows, there's music everywhere. So it's actually easier for me to, to learn English. Because even if I'm listening to a music, even if I don't know what that word means, I am listening to it constantly. So when I find out, I won't forget. And I, I already have the word in my head because I listen to it constantly. Yeah. So it's actually, I think it's much easier for us to learn uh, not only actually English, it's uh, a easier language to learn than Portuguese. And besides being an easier language, you hear it all the time. 
-hmm. it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter where you're from so it's much easier for me to learn that that you learn portuguese yeah yeah i mean i always i always generally heard from most people that english is a very hard language but maybe that's for different countries it's harder um I may, maybe if you're if you're if you're in a european country it isn't that difficult because yeah. there's we we all have a common ancestry of of latin at mm -hmm, some point mm -hmm. so there's always words like what was the words you said yesterday aeroplane which is basically exactly the same exactly <laughs> airplane in portuguese is aeroporto and i was like <laughs> how do i say where the where the airplanes land <laughs> It's the air, it's what? <laughs> Airport, it's exactly Airport. the same. <laughs> it's exactly the same name. Yeah. It's, it, is, it is quite weird. And there's actually probably a lot more connection in, in mm. words between maybe Portugal oh, and England so than many, there is between so England many. and America. Like, because I've seen that before, that actually what England and America call, um, call different things. And then I'll go, oh, England and France or England, Germany. England. And actually you will speak a similar language than mm -hmm. America, which is, the English language <laughs> so it's yeah. locally is weird but so I mean it's good that you've been able to have that but have you so you're saying that you're starting to get a little bit more homesick now that has just started for you so do you think this is like as we start to slowly come out of lockdown as you see families out and about you know especially in, in London you know you've got Hyde Park and places where there is going to be as we go in into June and July people are going to be having picnics you know um, because the, our, 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 um, our rates are, have just plummeted. We're all, we're all good. Me and you are still too young to have had the vaccine, but most people older. I already had. Oh, you've had it? Yeah, because I'm, I, I work in a school with, with Sen. Okay, well, I haven't. I'm still stuck here. But, but like, as people have the vaccine, we're still, be, you know, more people are going to be out and about. Um, but do you see it as becoming more of a problem as we go back to what is going to become normality? Um, do you think that that's going to start to weigh on your mind more, being away from your own country? Even though, I mean, we're what two hours by by plane, if yeah, that, maybe an hour. Two hours, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's the same. That's the same as me going to, uh, as me going to my me to my mum is about an hour. Mm -hmm. So it's it's actually relatively similar-ish mm -hmm. um, because I'm in a different county. I'm not from where I I live at the moment, um, but. Um, but is it is it that kind of thing of your think you might think actually maybe this isn't sustainable now like I may not be able to do this or is it you still got the thing forward of like no this is best um like how is it going to affect you because obviously even when some of us go no I'm just gonna you know it's a very British saying but you know the keep calm and carry on actually is kind of bullshit at times because it's like I can't do that actually there's a lot of stuff of going on in my head and just going try and plow forward is actually detrimental to me so how is it feeling that you you might be going forward no no I am I'm gonna carry on because <laughs> no 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 I will I will because for example I came here I'm not working as an OT yet uh I'm still waiting waiting for my HCPC registration and I do I do miss it sometimes uh, because, for example, things happen like I have a group of friends that I left in Portugal, obviously. Um, and so what I actually feel the most, it's probably that because my family, we talk every day. So if something happens, I know at the same time as them because we talk every day. But my friends, when something happens, I find out like weeks later. And that's like, oh, okay, I just know now because I'm here and I don't know, they probably work together or I don't know, it's someone needs help and needs to be with someone. 
they're not gonna call me they can't be with me <laughs> so I find out like weeks later and I'm like mm, okay but no for sure I I want to go because I miss my family my grandma is dying to see me so obviously I want to go to be with them um to be my friends but no totally coming back no but if it did get to that point I would go back because mm. th- there's no shame like I already I've been living here for almost a year mm. there's no mm. shame in going back if you have to go back that's all I mean I think that's something people often often do see shame in it people will will make a move um in a new job or they'll make a move for a new place to live and there's this assumption that or, or a degree I mean I, I've talked to a few people that are like oh but I don't want to give up my degree because then I failed. I'm like, you haven't failed. You've tried and it wasn't for you. Like it's, it's complete. That's, that's absolutely fine. You might be, you know, it, it's, it just wasn't for you. You've gone to, you know, you go to another country, actually it's too much in your mental health. Oh, well, you don't just continue and destroy your own mental health because exactly plowing forward. But I mean, it is, like I say, it's a very, it's a very British kind of stiff upper lip, keep calm, carry. it's that, you know, it is that very weird thing that I think we, repressed mental health issues in the UK where we just kind of go no you just put a face on it and you just carry on and I think that's maybe um somewhat different in mainland Europe I mean do do you have can you think of that kind of thing in in Portugal and where you've been do they have that attitude of no you just carry on or is it kind Mm -hmm. of I know you're allowed it's the same it's the same thing it is the same thing yeah okay i always think thing. about it as being a bit more laid back but maybe not then <laughs> uh, well at least in portugal maybe some places are not like that mm. um some countries are not, are not like that but in portugal it is the same yeah okay so i mean that is something that i think people should should realize you're not you're not failing you're not you're not you know there's no shame it's just it wasn't for you that doesn't matter like no. the amount of people the amount of people that have started a degree I mean you said at the beginning when you started your degree you were doing something else it yeah. wasn't for you so I mean what were you doing originally I was doing I don't even know how to say this in in English but um the literal translation is educational sciences it's not to be a teacher don't ask me and up until this date, I don't know what it is, what it is for. Um, but I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I did not. I did not know what I could do after after I finished my degree. Uh, I did. I wasn't enjoying the classes either. So because <laughs> the same mentality that you were just talking about, I kind of mm. had that when I was doing that bachelor's. Okay, so I did not like. Uh, what I could I did not like the course in general the classes I didn't I didn't enjoy going to the university I would miss classes so much like oh my god you have no idea um Mm. and I also didn't like anything even because I didn't exactly know what I could do after I finished so I was having a really hard time that degree is three years I finished the first one And instead of just saying, okay, I hate this, let's find something else. I thought, oh, okay, I just, I did one. Now I only only need two more years. Let's try. Let's try. I mean, it's just two years. If I I manage to do the first one, I can do the other two. Classes started in September. In the beginning of December, I cancelled my application. 
mm. I freeze it because I just couldn't. I felt like crying every time I had to get up to go to go to the university. It was it's terrible. Just, it's not worth destroying when when. But I it had to come to that for me to yeah. for me to like no, I can't. I just I can't go go on. I suppose that's what's made you a bit more free and potentially been what was at first detrimental to your mental health mm-hmm. it probably helped you now because mm-hmm. you know that you can you know that you're capable of quitting because I think some people yeah. some people don't know that that's an option or don't think it's an option whereas you for you you've done that you you've had that kind of plaster that you've ripped mm-hmm. off so you're like okay well now I know that I have that strength to just kind of go no this isn't for me fuck it I'm done exactly. um which is it's really hard to go over. Like you say, you know, it took for you to, to be in tears. I mean, I know people who have done a specific degree at a specific university in, um, in the UK, which is one of only like five universities do it. Um, I've talked about this when I do my mental health um, uh, check-ins and things like that. And they've had a nightmare time to the point where they've both quit and changed their degree. And they're like, there's now like six people left on that degree path at that university because of how badly it's run. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, you know, it's, they're, they're teaching, it's a language that they're not teaching co- conversationally. They're penalizing them for saying, um, when they talk, <laughs> which is part of general cadence in a voice Like I say, um, and I used to teach how people, how to give speeches, like oh it's God. part of a general cadence. That is this idea that, oh, if you say, um, that means you sound stupid. It's bollocks. It's not. You, that's just how people talk. Everyone says it from the smartest to the stupidest person. Everyone at some point needs a second for their brain to potentially catch up or exactly. anything. But uh, yeah, if they do their, their part of their uh, coursework, if they say, um, at any point, they're marked down. So, but for a long time, one of the people I was talking to was really struggling with the idea of giving it up even though you could see that their mental health was so bad because of it they, they were really struggling they did not want to do it mm-hmm. like but every time I spoke to them they're like yeah but that's it's failure like I, 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 I just, I'm like you're not failing you're not you're not just giving up it's not like that you're changing your course because it's not right for you exactly. it's as simple as that most people when they go to university I don't know how much it is in in um in Portugal and mainland Europe but in, in England a lot of people, especially since the, the Blair days, when it was like education, 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 a lot of people go to university now because they don't know what to do. It's like, it's oh, well, social. I'm 18. I've got to go to university. Like, so this idea that then, oh, well, you can't, you, you can't quit. Why the fuck not? I didn't know what I was doing. There's a, there's a, there's a song by Baz Luhrmann that says um, some of the most, uh, some, some of the most interesting people um, uh, don't know. There, some of the most interesting people don't know at eighteen what they're going to do with their lives. But some of the most interesting people um, at forty still don't. So this idea that you can just go, oh yeah, no, I'm I'm eighteen, so I know absolutely what I'm going to do. And if I need to quit two years down the line, I'm wrong. It's like, no, you're not. You just life's changed. You're still changed uh, between the ages of eighteen and like. 20 odd or 17 because that's probably when you're applying for university like Mm -hmm. 17 and 21 you're not the same person you're just not like things happen you you know you meet a partner that maybe over a summer break that now you want to be near them at their university or you you know you've decided oh my god I really love this summer job I got like lifeguarding oh actually I want to go into something around that and this idea that you have to stick at it is just so toxic and it's also very complicated because you have to make this big decision, this life-changing decision, when you're like 17 or 18. Yeah. 
and you had no experience in anything. I didn't even know occupational therapy existed. For example, I love it. I would not choose anything else to do mm. um, in, the, in the university. I absolutely love it. I didn't know it existed. In Portugal, you only know it exists either because you work with them, so you're a speech and language therapist, you're a physiotherapist, or because you or someone close to you needed an OT eventually. That's how you know OT, otherwise you have no idea it exists. I found out about it because one of my friends um, went to that degree, I don't even know why now. So she was there and she would tell me while I was in that shitty degree, she would tell me um, what what an OT does, uh, explaining everything, basically what she was doing. I was like, that sounds so awesome. <laughs> and next year I went there too. <laughs> but But I think it's very hard to make such a big decision when you have no experience in life. Yeah. Like you don't know, you don't know anything you what do you know okay you know you can be a doctor you know you can be a psychologist you know Astronaut. you can be a lawyer <laughs> yeah. and that's it what else what else i was just gonna say an astronaut because i was be, i was being facetious <laughs> but um yeah it's, it's very true like i know there's probably people um that that follow me that might watch this and be like no i know what i'm doing when i'm 18 like you don't i'm sorry like i know it's the, the annoying thing is and i know for a lot of gen z this is where it gets really frustrating because it sounds like older people are getting frustrated uh, are getting patronizing but we aren't that much older guys <laughs> it's just no a, i'm 26 it's, it's just a little bit of a. it's just those few years where you suddenly go oh fuck like i mean i grew up a bit faster because i was i was homeless at 15 um so I, I have a grumpier view on things than maybe some people, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. there is there is a definite um, difference in those formative years. And it's very hard to describe it because you can't describe something that hasn't happened to that person yet. It's not it's not really possible. It's the same as us. I mean, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of things that we have arguments with those that are older than us that are going, oh, well, you'll know when you're this age and where they're going, oh, fuck off. But <laughs> they're doing the same thing as we are. They're going... Yeah, but you will. You don't know because you're not that old yet. And it, it happens. Exactly. Those, those life-changing decisions, those ideas of um, of where you're going to live, of what you're going to do for a living, of what you're going to study, of everything. Like, I, I, when I was at when I was at school, I didn't even. I, if you'd have told me I was even going to go to college, which for anyone in America or Canada, college isn't the same thing for us here. College is what you do between sixteen and eighteen. It's a different thing. It's not university. Um, but if somebody had just said to me, like, you were going to go to college because we, we finished school at 16. Like, if you, you're going to go to college, I would have just gone, no, I'm not. Fuck off. The second I get out of school, I'm done. I'm going to go. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to do, but I'm going to go. I think at one point I just wanted to be a rock star or just play um, snooker. Like, I'm going to go and do that. But then suddenly I've, have, I've gone to college. I've got a degree. I've got a master's degree. I'm still like, it's like, wait a minute. What, I'm now massively um, like academic. When did that happen? <laughs> like, that wasn't what I planned on that's not what my thought process was so it's it's all very changing um but for, for you then you you've had that so you can just go off it do you think there's going to be a time when if you have to go back because obviously we were saying about the fact that OTs aren't taken as seriously back mm -hmm. in Portugal mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you worry that if there is a time when you're you get massively homesick or whatever you know 
whatever yeah, happens with your family, you just go back. Um, are you worried about the idea that you may not really have a job? Does that concern you at all? No, because there are good jobs there. Of course, if you compare them, like you have a person with a certain amount of experience. Um, so she's looking for a better job than I do at the moment because mm. I haven't started yet. So I know I'm not going to have, there's bands right here, here in the UK, there's bands that, that doesn't exist in Portugal. But uh, I know I'm going to get an OT job band five. And obviously there's band six and there's band seven that's more specific. I'm not going to get that now, but let's pretend it's someone with that kind of experience that can get a job as an OT in a band seven. If you compare what you can get here and what you can get in Portugal, it's not the same at all. The job here, it's, it's going to be much better and she's going to earn much more. But also in Portugal, like, life doesn't cost that as much as in here at least not exactly when you go to the when you have to buy food that's kind of around the same price but um brand for example that is a big difference you like are the, in london though <laughs> that is also true that is also true i know it's very different i know it's very different too um but yeah comparing to london where yeah because it's where I live, um, that, is a big, that is a big difference. But when I came here, my, my, what I want to do is I want to get experience. I want to leave here because I want to have that experience and I want to work here as an OT. My very first plan of moving is get experience here as an OT, work here as an OT, even because I am going to learn much more than what I ever would in Portugal. So I want to work here as an OT, get the experience, get the knowledge, and then come back. And I believe it may not work out like that, but I believe that once I come back and start looking for jobs, I'm going to get a better one than I ever would because I have the experience of working here. And we are aware in Portugal that OT is more advanced here, like the practice, it's more advanced than in Portugal. We are aware of that. So hopefully when I go back, I'll find a better job than I ever would. That that is the plan. But I don't know. Maybe we'll just enjoy it here too much and we'll stay here. I don't know. But the plan for now is stay a few years and then go back. But we will see. Yeah, I mean, it is weird. It's it always um, surprises that that kind of um, idea of someone coming here for to to do it a little bit better. It's like uh, I know in Ireland, a lot of um, Irish uh, come here to do nursing because um apparently there's stuff that we do in our nursing degrees that is an extra course in ireland so mm -hmm. if you do an, a, a degree in, in nursing in ireland you then have to do a couple of extra things on top to be able to do it whereas it's over here it's part of the degree so it's a, it's a higher degree kind of thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. here for over there um so it's weird when people like i understand it uh, uh, entirely it's like come here and do that it's like when some people go to like a friend of mine went to france because he was studying um french and he was of the idea that he was fluent because to everyone here he was fluent in french mm -hmm. you know we had friends that were french and they could speak to him and then he lived in france and went to the sabon and just in his words he didn't know french like <laughs> it's that's it's the speed thing i think you spoke about earlier it's the, yeah. it's the speed thing like if you're talking portuguese um uh, you, you're gonna be faster and 
I'm purposely, because I know because we did this the other day, yeah. I'm purposely slowing my voice down. Now, I don't always talk at a fast pace, but because of a weird speech impediment I have, I can, my, my voice can effectively continually speed up and I can get to the point where if I'm excited and I'm talking to someone that can talk and understand that speed, it gets really fast. And anyone that's <laughs> trying to speak English at that speed will literally go, what? <laughs> I, I, I had someone I had someone come into my Twitch stream um, who was Italian and he was saying it's like oh my god you speak so fast and then he, <laughs> he made the comment of I'm I am watching you because I'm using you for my project at school because if I can understand you I can understand anyone speaking English I was like fair enough um, <laughs> but it, it is kind of it is interesting that you can learn so much from just a little bit and I think that's that's an important thing to to kind of say is that to have that idea of moving outside of a comfort zone because I've said this before to people is when you look at a comfort zone I think a lot of people have this idea that if you move outside of a comfort zone that's it so it's immediate panic oh my god we can't do it but there's not there's there's layers to it so you can have like let's say this is your comfort zone here you might have then a little bit here now just outside of it oh well that feels that feels weird that feels uneasy but I, I can do that I can do that and then at further out then we have the panic and when it's like oh my god I can't do that and the problem is is that most people will go from this to there and so they immediately go well I'm gonna I'm gonna stick in my in my in my um, comfort zone here then because that's that's too scary like for you potentially let's say um if America was the same with OTs you might have gone oh let's move to America but that's a really long way away from from Portugal. And then you yeah. might have gone, oh, my God, that's too much. And then receded. Um, Maybe. But a lot of people won't try because it's not it's not possible for them because they'll they'll make the big leap and then they they come back immediately. They always go to the panic before anything else. They they try and um, run before they can walk, whereas mm -hmm. slowly going, oh, well, you know, the UK, it's, it's much better for OT. Or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn a language. Well, I'll go to one that's nearby that I can do it, or whatever it is. Yeah. And you do it in, in increments. You do little steps. Um, then that's that's so much, so much better because you get to expand your knowledge, your your own mental health, your own distress doesn't ramp up because that's the problem for a lot of people is that it can really make you inward looking and it can make you just scared of everything a lot mm -hmm. of times because you you know you always told yourself well this is this is this little comfort zone this is where I need to be because this is safe and then you go and do something way out of what you should have been doing and you reinforce the fact that oh no this was safe because you went too far yeah it's it's the thing that I think the way that you're doing it is probably a very kind of straightforward way of, of of doing it. it makes it makes the most sense so um so you you're planning at the moment so do you have like a timeline you're saying that you have um your plan at the moment is be here for a few years and then go back but mm -hmm. is there like a specific timeline for you or is it no it's just see what we can do no it's just yeah so that is our plan but it's just it's a really open plan we're just gonna be here and then for example someone told me i think my mom keeps telling me that uh oh but you, you'll go there and then you will start a life there and then you won't you won't move back maybe that happens but if we decide that whenever we decide that then we'll be okay with that decision it yeah. won't cost us because that's what we are going to decide for now the plan is 
be here for a few years, go back. If we end up staying, that was our decision on that time. It's what we feel best and we feel comfortable in doing. Mm. If that happens, it happens. It's that fluidity of thought. I think um, my, my nephew did something similar. My nephew moved to New Zealand um, and like the other side of the world and then met another British girl across the world. Um, and they, they now live and they've, I think they've just got their citizenship for mm-hmm. New Zealand. Like mm-hmm. they, they never, he never planned on it. I think he literally went over originally for a summer job. It's like, oh, let's go, to, let's go to New Zealand. Like it's completely yeah. out of the way. Let's do it. And he ended up staying. And I really find it funny that he found someone from Liverpool across the world. Like, because you see, you hear of like people going across the world and maybe meeting a local person mm-hmm. and that's why they move. But he literally met another Brit and just went, yeah, but this is sunny and nicer here. Let's stay here. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I think the idea of having of having that open to you um is, is your mum just worried then that you're gonna you're gonna stay is that the idea basically yeah oh <laughs> uh, because everyone that i know that moved it was supposed to be just a couple of years and now they're there and they're living there and they're not coming back it's what when i first started thinking about that when i started thinking about moving that obviously if she knows that i also know that so that was also in my mind, which kind of got me worried. Maybe I shouldn't move because maybe I'll just stay there. <laughs> but I'm, no, I can go back. If I want to go back, I can go back. If I want to stay, that's going to be my decision. If you ask me now like to stay forever, I'm not very happy about it. But once again, what do I know of, of England? Nothing. I just know my studio and my work as a TA. That's all I know. And the sun maybe does I'll... exist. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe in a few years, I know I know people here. I think that's very important. Maybe in a few years, I'll have friends here, and we're gonna move. Hopefully, in the end of the uh, in the end of this month, we're gonna move to a one bed flat. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna have our space. Maybe we'll have friends here. Maybe I won't. I won't want to move, and it's fine if I don't. I'll just stay where I am. We'll see. Not worried. That is is definitely an attitude that I think um, certain generations have that older ones don't. I think they are. You are. People do get stuck in their ways. Although a lot of Brits did disappear off to Spain um, for the older generations. But like generally, I think people go, oh, no, I've got to stay where I am now. I'm not going to lie. I I will at some point live at least a year abroad. That's because it's on my bucket list. And I, I, I'm one of those things I've written it down. It's written down. Therefore I'm doing it. It's done. Cause a lot of people have this, Oh, I've got it in my bucket list. And I'm like, no, no, no. I've written my bucket list down. Like I cross them off as I do them. Like, yeah, it's very much me. Um, but it's weird for me because I'm not doing it for any other reason other than it's on my bucket list. So for me, it's a little <laughs> bit different. Like it's, I will live abroad, but it's not going to be for a better job. Exactly. It's, be, it's just literally me it's, going. It's experience. Yeah. It's. I. I need to. Like. I travel. Uh, well. I did travel quite a bit. You know. Uh, you know. Israel. A lot of Europe. And uh, all over the place. Like. Th- for a lot of people that say they travel, what they mean is they've been to France and Germany. Like, no, 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 I've been to the Middle East. Like, I've been to the off the coast of Africa. That's what I mean by traveling. Yeah. yeah. But um. But for for a lot of people, it's not that. But for me, there's only so much you can take in when you're traveling when you're there for a, a few weeks or you're there for a, mm-hmm. for some sometimes you're there for a few days you know mm-hmm. you're not really you're just kind of looking at what's there and you're eating some local food so oh yeah nice yeah whereas if basically. you're there for a year 
I mean, even I might be able to pick up the language. You know, it's it's and I mean, Lithuania is in my head. That's the place I really like. It's really cheap and cold and that suits me perfectly. <laughs> um, but so I would really love I love the idea of when I move, when I do eventually go a year abroad to move to Lithuania. But it's different for me because I don't think there's any part of me that thinks I will stay there mm-hmm. because I'm maybe I am good at languages but I've never given them a chance so mm-hmm. I to me I don't think I'm good at languages because I've never I never gave myself a chance because I was always good at maths and science and things like that so I just went mm-hmm. that way um so I, that is against me also I am quite kind of traditional and kind of things that, oh, I, not entirely but in certain ways I'm like but I don't see everyone seems to see any a problem with with their own country at some point you know oh my god the country's going to for everyone every country I've been to every person from every country like oh well this country's going to dogs I'll move abroad and I'm like yeah but they think exactly the same thing as you exactly they um, don't have <laughs> so I don't think like necessarily I'd, I'd want to but if, so it's a bit different for me but for you I think the idea of being open to it is quite good because that's that's what a lot of people are lacking and that's why we we end up so insular in a lot of things mm-hmm. because we don't want to know each other's cultures we don't want to know how people think on this and, and people do that and mm-hmm. it's what's caused a lot of political bullshit over the past few it years is. because we we i mean the the amount of times i've I, the, my favorite amount of bullshit was when i went to fuerteventura which is a spanish island off the coast of africa and it was a british pub in Fuerteventura and they were they were complaining about the locals and basically calling them foreigners I'm like you're the foreigner you're the ones exactly. that are in their country <laughs> like what the fuck are you on about but it was this weird idea that you know this they didn't want to be involved they just went in because we always get it in the UK and America does it a lot and I think a lot of kind of the the ex-imperialist countries do this kind of we go to somewhere and then go Oh yeah, but you know you're the we 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 come in and we're going to say it, stay our own culture. But if you come to us, you've got to join our culture. No, 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 no. <laughs> this idea that that um, um like places like America, um Canada, um the UK, Australia, places like us aren't made up of every other culture on earth is such nonsense. England has been invaded by every culture on fucking earth. <laughs> the Celts, the Celts, which everyone goes about, oh, the Celts and um, Boudicca that fought fought the Romans so the, that we couldn't have their, um, we couldn't have them taking us on. I'm like, yep, Boudicca of the Celts. And then the Picts, well, the Picts came from the Middle East and the Celts came through from France down from the African plains. So yeah, actually, those those one those idea you have of the 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 natives fight. No, they weren't. They were they were Middle Eastern and African. That's where the Picts and the the Celts come from. So <laughs> you just had another part of the world fighting off another part of the world on our soil. Like it's just nonsense. So I, the idea of just going actually no, if I if I like this country, um, you know, and and, and people are nice and the the things right, then great. And I think that's really good to be able to have that kind of cultural openness because i think mm-hmm. a lot of people do become insular like we we all have stereotypes about each other mm-hmm. weirdly enough i cannot think of a stereotype about portugal it's not in my head which is i don't know any about british too actually really? when i was yeah when wow, i was so, so many people have them about I, I always hear stereotypes about the british when i was Google, wrong, when i was researching about england i did found a few a few youtube videos oh i think about stereotypes but but 
so now I know them because I watch those uh, YouTube videos, but I've never heard about such a thing before. That's quite <laughs> and maybe that's why maybe maybe Portugal is, is more accepting. That's why we don't know any stereotypes about you guys. I can't think of any. I but... think it's it's not exactly that Portugal it's more accepting. I don't think so. I think it's the relationship between the UK and Portugal. We don't really have one. <laughs> we do, we do. Because I don't think of one. If, when I think about it, I can I don't think about Portugal as like I think in in terms of if I if I think about places in Europe that England interacts with, mm-hmm. Portugal isn't one of them. Really? Weirdly. Like France, Germany, and Spain, Italy, maybe. That's about it. And I think if you most ask most people, that's what comes to our heads. Yeah. We don't think about Portugal is it may maybe we might go there for a summer holiday, but that's not like that's about it. Um which is weird because maybe that's what that's the point of stereotypes is we all have different ideas about who we're connected mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. um and i mean the, the one that usually comes against britain i think is um is teeth which i love that because it's utter nonsense because it's usually an american thing of like I heard that one. <laughs> and i'm like have you read the international dentistry thing that actually american teeth are like way down the list and british teeth are near the top um <laughs> never googled it no. it's, the only difference is <laughs> we don't bleach our teeth we don't bleach them that's the thing it's like oh they're not bright white well no because we don't put random chemicals into our mouth like <laughs> that's the issue that they seem to have but there are some weird um some weird ones like you know everyone has i think the the, the, the english have this idea of um france and garlic which actually comes from Brittany, which is a very specific part of France, mm-hmm. um, where they they I think they used to be they used to have a lot of um, a, a lot of um, s- sales of, of garlic. There was some kind of import export there specifically mm-hmm. for Brittany, but then that became a whole kind of oh it's all of all of um, France and like um, the the um, Auss- the Aussies call us palms um, because of something to do with fruit and veg. The Americans call us limeys because we used to use limes. Um, to um, to stand off scurvy, I'm like, that was the 1700s. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, and we got and the the worst one, I think, actually, probably the most insulting stereotype is what um, a lot of English people call Americans. Actually, other people, which is Yanks, because that's a specific because they had a because the, the the American Civil War was the Yanks against the Confederates. Now. Okay, the, the the Yanks won, but that's still actually kind of insulting to one part of the country because it's kind of going, yeah, we just we just think of you all as that now. Um, so there's so many stereotypes and so many kind of things that we throw at each other. Um, but it is it is nice to have the, the openness of just kind of going, you know what? It's just someone with a different accent. Like it's just, that's all it is really. It's just I mean, there's there's plenty of places I could it, like some people could go in England and not understand each other. So it's not. You know, uh, we've got plenty of plenty of people don't understand anyone from Birmingham or Newcastle or Cornwall. It is, you know. Oh my god, it is hard. I, I obviously I can't hear an accent and say, "Oh, you're from blah blah." I don't know. I have no idea, but I can distinguish accents now. How do I do that? Because I understand or I don't understand. <laughs> Which is really weird. So. <laughs> So um, I, I've lived in a few different counties in the UK. I lived in the Midlands for a while. And it's really funny because my voice originally doesn't sound like this. It's actually more well pronounced because I slow my voice down even more. But when I went to the Midlands, and this shows how little we know about our own country, let alone other countries. When I went to the Midlands, they, sound, they said I sounded like a Londoner. 
And I was like, oh, I really don't. <laughs> so I don't sound like I'm from London at all. Like I see, a, I hear a London accent. I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's not, not me. <laughs> that's, that's not that. that. Like there's, there's, I mean, I'm gr- granted in my head, I'm now stereotyping about my own country because I'm stereotyping the, the London accent. But there, it is weird. Like we have this lack of openness. So it's really good to kind of hear, hear that, that you're kind of open to all of that. So, I mean, yeah. in terms it- of, oh, go on. No, no, sorry. I was also say gonna say that it actually also like takes the pressure away. Because imagine uh, if I came here with a plan of okay, I'm gonna live here for five years. I would be freaking out right now. Look, oh my god, I'm here for almost a year. My HCPC registration hasn't arrived yet, so I can't start looking for a job. So I hasn't, I haven't worked as an OT yet. What am I going to do? I only have four years left. I would be freaking out <laughs> this way what happens happens like i don't have a time a date a due date to get out of here or to decide if i have to stay here or not no i'm just i'm just living yeah I'm just leaving that, that is a great thing and like you say you'd be freaking out as you come in during a pandemic be like well i can't work what the hell can I do? exactly I mean, exactly because you're working you said you're working as a, as a ta so a, a teaching assistant Yes. But, so I, I had to specify that because a TA also means territorial army in the, in, in the UK. Oh my God. <laughs> so I don't think she's doing that. Um, so yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I used to work in I used to work as a teacher in secondary schools, um, and the TAs are the only reason sometimes I could just be like, "Can you please deal with that?" Because I can't. Um, so you do get a lot of like I, I had comments made to me um, as a young male teacher, and I'm like. Um, I am really thankful of a, of a female TA now. Please, can you go and deal with that? Because I can't. Um, like, it's it's really helpful having TAs. Do you think that doing that, we said off camera, but do you think that um, doing that is is helping your progression for when you do OT? Because you said you, there's a specific area of OT you want to go into. Yes, definitely. Because I want to be, or let's start from the beginning. <laughs> start from the beginning so during my degree uh i started thinking that i wanted to go for a pediatric occupational therapist working with children uh but my first placement i did have like two i did um into i did an intervention with like two kids yeah um but it was like I was in my second year. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I was clearly still learning. And but that that specific placement was in physical rehabilitation. But the hospital I was I was working, it had both cases. It had physical rehabilitation. So I was working with adults, mostly with strokes, uh, but it had a few children. So I worked with like two or three. Uh, and then my actually pediatric placement was on my last year. It was going to start in February, March, something like that. Basically, I had a month uh, in my in my placement, and then lockdown happened. So I didn't actually I didn't do anything. I was just observing my mentor. And when I started to do the evaluation, the assessments lockdown happened so I didn't do anything at all and after that I started uh, advanced specialization in occupational therapy from Sorry. birth what was that word I can advanced, understand everything you're saying but what was advanced that? Uh, specialization it's 
I don't know exactly what to tell you. I don't think it's kind of of a degree. It's not a master's. It's not nothing like that. It's just kind of a side, um, a side course that you do. Uh, so C what I think maybe CPD, continued professional development. Yes, I would say that. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Uh, in occupational therapy, from birth to adolescence. Okay, it was terrible. We don't talk about it, but <laughs> the the what matters here is I spent a lot of money on it and it was obviously as you can see by the title it was specific to pediatrics but I didn't exactly work in pediatrics so so I was thinking mm, maybe I spent all this money and I don't even like working with kids I'm gonna go to the UK obviously in the beginning I'm gonna work in whatever I can but my idea is to go to pediatrics but maybe I'm going to all of this and I won't even enjoy pediatrics but I found a, a, a job in a sand school as a teaching assistant I work with kids seven hours a day and it's kids with severe learning disabilities so it's not an easy job and I love it I love it, even though they spit me, some, they spit on me sometimes, sometimes they bang their heads on mine, but okay, it happens. <laughs> no, so I love I, it. What age group is it? Uh, my class is from four to six years old, six, seven. So but I worked... That's, I could, so I taught in secondary school um, and um, before you start a course in secondary school teaching, you have to do a week in primary school. At least you used to. When I, when I did it, it's all changed now, the rules and regulations. But I fucking hated being in primary school. Little kid, like when they, when they can, I, weirdly enough, because most people are like, oh no, teenagers, that's what you want to avoid. I'm like, no, 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 no. Teenagers understand what I'm saying. And they, they know that they won't, they w actually won't hit me because like they might you know stand against you and be like oh yeah come on then sir because i literally had that once i had somebody um I had one kid go yeah come on then sir and my only response was really and he's went, no sorry sir and just sat back down that's what actually <laughs> happens that's what actually happens when teenagers try and have a go at you whereas little kids they'll just hit you and bite you and spit at, like no fuck off um <laughs> so i think i think um like it's uh, it's amazing to be able to work with that group because i know i couldn't and oh, just um because you mentioned it just uh, sen by the way for anyone that doesn't know is special educational needs so it's a specific area of teaching and um understanding yeah. in the uk so yeah sorry carry on <laughs> no that it's basically it's that so i've been working um exactly with the type of kids i'm going to be working as an og seven hours a day <laughs> all day literally since i get into school like from 9 a.m until uh 3 30 i'm with those kids all day i gotta take them to the toilet and change their nappies all day yeah. and i love it not the part of changing nappies of course who does but i really i really enjoy i really like the work and i like it's it's so wholesome i don't even know how to describe it to see them evolving with simple things with simple things like maybe maybe for example uh, a kid that doesn't play with anything at all i have one of those like she doesn't sit and play with anything she just everything we give to her she just tosses away yeah and there's a specific toy. She actually, if she sees it, she even goes there and grabs it and now plays around with it. She starts running around with it. And it's so good to see that. It feels so good. So yeah, yeah. 
I think I think that's exactly where I'm going, pediatric so, OT. Have you not considered teaching? Because that's... <laughs> that could be an option, but teaching, I would have to take uh, a degree, another one, and... PGCE, mm. nine months. But still, still, I... I want to keep not, to, not to take anything away from anyone that did the PGCE. <laughs> I did the PGCE. It's just that it's you, you can do it if you have previous um, university experience. It's a top up. But I don't. I think because no, no, no. I mean, because you have a degree. If you have a degree in anything, oh, in okay. anything at all, you can do a thing called a PGCE, which is nine months long. And during those nine months, you are teaching in the school. But I don't know if I could do it like for send kids. Yeah. Not in a regular school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. people do it. Literally, people did it. I avoided those people because I thought they were crazy for doing that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. You do, there's people that do it in, in the one of so there's four universities where I live, um, and one of them specifies and does that um, there. So yeah, yeah, no, that, it's completely open. Yeah, you can do it for send kids. I even worked with some send kids, not specifically for me, but they were part of it. Um, I used to teach mm -hmm. them chess. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things I found. Um, for a lot of Sen, uh, Sen kids was actually that they were so a lot of them were just playing up because no one paid them attention and no one wanted to do and you're like okay I'll tell you what and also because their mind is almost split and I'm, I mean that in a very loose way I don't mean that in any um any kind of um mm -hmm. any kind of way in terms of diagnosis it's just in terms of when they do something they are always wanting to do something else because they're just so active. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, how about we have a chat, but whilst, whilst we're chatting and whilst we're talking about, you know, cause I, this, this is the thing that got me told off by other teachers. Cause I would talk to them like they were not, cause they are normal fucking people. Um, but people don't like that because you know, you've got to have this disconnect with them. Um, um, and I was there just going, okay, let's just have a chat, but also I'm going to teach you chess. And it was amazing because obviously most people think of chess and they think of, you know, the very academic kids, the very kind of, you know, oh, I've been practicing for years and I'm going to get the top of my class. At this. And then I was teaching these kids um, who were there, who were the, like the worst kids in the school because they were S and they were SEN. And then they'd come in and just destroy the, the, the good kids at chess and people were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and again, it's that development thing. You could literally see them going from, oh, what, I don't want to play this fucking game. Like, you... And then going, oh, yeah, no, I've got, oh, yeah, no, sir, I've got you in check. Come on, come on, sir. And they were actually getting excited about something like chess. Yeah. It's, like, it's because you actually treated them like a person. Exactly. It's because, oh, my God, I had a trial day. So I'm in a very good school. Um, mm where we really take into consideration their needs everything like it's a it's a really 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 good school but yeah. for, before i got into this one i did a trial day in another school it was a mainstream school but it still had some um yeah i don't know exactly how it works so i would be a teach, uh, teaching assistant for those kids I felt so bad i was in one of the classes like no one would give a crap about them at all the teacher was with their own kids in that corner of the room and then i was with my kids in this corner of the room and they couldn't do anything the only thing they had to do was like they had uh papers and they had pencils and that's it and if they made a noise they, the teacher would tell them to shut up 
No, it's yes. like you're not giving them anything to do at all. They have to be here for hours, only painting. Is that what they're going to do for seven hours? This is ridiculous. I was so upset. I was so upset. It was terrible. So, of course, yeah. how, how are they going to evolve? Are you going to paint with them for seven hours? That's... That's oh, my problem. gosh. It's, I, I have the same view in general on mental health. It's that kind of thing of, you know, someone wants to talk about something that is distressing to them and that it might be distressing to others but then it seems that the response from most people is going oh well that's just that's triggering to people therefore fuck off and i'm like no no no. how about we just talk openly and everyone is aware that we're going to talk openly and then that way it's a triage you know you can you can direct people in the right way it's the same thing with mental health for me it's that kind of they just shut you down in a lot of ways and a lot of um a lot of teachers it's got better now but a lot of teachers aren't taught how to deal with sem they're just taught, know. you know, it's, it's just this idea of like, well, those are the kids, that's it. That's that way of doing it. And so, no, no, you've got to be able to do it. Now, I'm, I was lucky because I had some interaction. Now, I'm, I'm still, I, I will admit, I still get uncomfortable in certain ways, depending on certain things that, they, um, that, that they're suffering from. And that's my issue. You know, that is my issue. That is not theirs. The problem is, is that we still have a very old school way of doing it, where a lot of teachers, a lot of older teachers see it as no, it's it's their issue not mine i'm like no 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 no. if you're uncomfortable with them that is you you need to do better not them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they can't they they ha- there's something that they need to deal with you're meant to be the one facilitating that so exactly. if you're not that's your problem that's your hang up you need to fucking change and that's, that's i mean that's a statement on pretty much everything that's wrong with society at the moment is you're the fucking problem you deal with it but um but yeah for sen certainly uh i i think it was great working with because I, I suppose um, for me, it was a little bit different because I, I dealt with the the bad kids in terms of SEN. So it was the ones that were that that um, the ones with ADHD, the ones with um, ADD, the ones that were autistic, mm-hmm. the ones who were basically they were disruptive, not mm-hmm. necessarily anything else, but they were disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the kids I dealt with because it was it could, one thing that helped is it, I'm a big guy. So there was no, there was no threat. So for, for a lot of the teachers, they were worried because they were, you know, oh, well, we can't leave them with them because it's, and that's the problem as well, is that there was an, an immediate thought that because these kids were disruptive, because they were dangerous to other kids that, oh, we couldn't leave them with another teacher. And it's like, the fuck? They're not, they're not criminals. They're just exactly. disruptive in a classroom. It just, when you want to teach, they'll stand up and tell you to fuck off. Like that doesn't mean that you, you that you just kind of separate them and they're now a danger to society. It just means exactly. they're no good in your classroom. <laughs> you know, that's how you actually make them a dangerous to the society because you keep pulling them like to the side. You keep ignoring them. Yeah, exactly. It's, if you treat them like they are the dangerous society, they literally it's a self fulfilling prophecy. You, they become that. It's just, yeah. it's like when people go, oh, you know, um, don't act like a child, or I treat you like one. It's like, well, that's why someone will act like a child because you've treated them like one. You know, people yeah. people become what you what you treat them like. You know, that that was that's been worries about that so many times and so many different things from from little things to big things. If you treat someone like they're a certain way then they're going to go, okay, bet, fine. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's really damaging to people. But um, I mean, it, it does sound, it does sound like you may have a, um, a two-pronged way of getting into, getting into things. Because I know for a fact that PGCE is recognised in Portugal as well. Um, oh, so. <laughs> that is interesting. At least I know there's something else. And there is, that is, there is. There's two ways of getting into teaching in the UK. Well, 
there's more than two, but there's two academic ways of getting into teaching. One of them isn't recognized outside of Britain. The other one is, rec- is recognized. So, um, okay. but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it sounds uh, really interesting that you've got that kind of way of going forward. It definitely sounds like you're going the right way about it. So mm-hmm. have you found since you've moved, because we're talking about this, because I mean, it's my discussions and podcasts always go everywhere because that's the point of a podcast in my mind. <laughs> Love it. Otherwise, well, otherwise it's an interview. I mean, I've always said this to people because people, I've had people, um, and in a few weeks' time, if they're watching, hey, um, people have asked Hi. me, uh, people have literally asked me, have you got the questions? And I'm like, no, because I don't. <laughs> I, I, I just call me the phone. Because that's, that's not a podcast in my mind. Maybe I have a different view of a podcast than people, but to me, a podcast should be a discussion. An interview is not a podcast for me. An interview mm-hmm. is an interview. An interview. It's an interview with. Whereas a podcast is you brought someone on because of something. Like for you, you moved during a pandemic to a different country to do something. That is why you're on. So talking around that in whatever way is possible, that's a discussion we'd have. So it's, it. it's different for me. Um, but yeah, have you found at all since you've been there now London maybe you've not found it as much because it's a melting pot anyway but um have you found any kind of hatred or any kind of people being uncomfortable or anything like that because I know from my experience I I so many times I hear people go oh well I can't understand a word they're saying about basically anyone that doesn't sound English (laughs) yes you can you can understand every fucking word don't lie because I know exactly what they're saying but there's does seem to be this thing about oh I don't know anything they're saying they're just saying it's so weird I'm like oh you know what they're saying don't be a cunt like you know what they're saying um but like have you found any of that at all no not not yet i know someday i will i have i have a friend that moved well i met her here after we moved but Mm. another portuguese girl she moved here one month before me yeah and she told me the other day like a week ago uh that well basically that happened to her one of her flatmates uh I don't know, they were arguing about something. And she said, but you don't even speak English properly. (laughs) And she speaks English better than me, but okay. Uh, Anyway, no, I never felt that. And I think I'm probably lucky because I'm in London. So you can see every type of people in here, every type of accent. So it is nice because you don't feel so misplaced as I would probably in in another city i don't know i also know i don't know i've been told i have no idea if that's true because all i know is london uh that though if you go more up north that you can actually feel that more that people will i think it's it's very dependent i I actually think it's the other way it is i don't know i have no idea like i said all i know is london and i'm aware that london it's like a different country inside a country i am aware of it i actually find it's very different so um i can i can speak a little bit purely because i've lived in a few different counties and also my father is from the north of england and my mother is from the south of england oh that's perfect (laughs) um i actually think it comes with a more um now Politically, this is going to sound thing, but a more conservative with a small C viewpoint is where you get that kind of that view, that view of like, oh, well, you speak this way. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, I think it's far more 
class difference in the UK, which is weird because I, I've learned more and more as I get older that class doesn't fucking exist anywhere else. Like in America, they think that, that when they talk about everyone being the middle class and they talk about a class, I'm like, no, because it's not the same here. Like class is, a, is still, people pretend it's not, but class is a big thing in the UK. Really? Find, yeah. I mean, working class places, I think, tend to be a lot nicer in terms of their openness because as long as you're working and doing the job they couldn't give a shit that's and whereas you know the middle classes which is um traditionally more in, in industrial that you know they're the owners of things their mm-hmm. education is is usually higher mm-hmm. and it, it, it does depend because if you get um educational middle class i think they're more open they're like well of course we're we know that there's no difference for fuck. Whereas if you get those that are just kind of, you know, I have money because I have a better job, they tend to be the ones that go, oh, well, you know, bloody foreigners over coming over here. Whereas you don't get that. I think there may be pl- certain places in the North as well as the South, but I think if you go to the North in reality, mm-hmm. it's actually, it depends on who told you this because I'm going to guess that it was another, oh, you just heard it in general. I think I just, heard, I just probably just saw it in a YouTube yeah. video probably. I think it could be a cultural difference in that they are more likely in the north to banter with you i don't know if that that makes mm-hmm. sense that, it like so they'll take the piss out of, out of you but they don't mean it as an insult it's actually mm-hmm. a term of endearment mm-hmm. it's actually that kind of it's but if you don't know that cultural thing it could seem worse but oh, actually yeah. they're there going we couldn't give a fuck are you doing your job are you doing your job well cool come on we're going to the pub that's it that's that's the reality in my mind whereas if you go down to like kent um which is you know and i've never understood this kent is a shithole okay everyone i mean kent it's a shithole <laughs> um it's like, i'm not from kent i'm from west sussex originally um but which is an educational middle class whereas kent is just it's a shithole it just is but everyone in kent seems to be convinced of the fact that foreigners are coming over here and it's all awful and they're and I'm there going, really? do you realise that statistically there are less people in Kent that were born in another country than the national fucking average, yeah? Like, <laughs> but, people, but people see it here and for some reason there's this idea. And Nigel Farage, the person behind Brexit and our breakaway from, he was an elected uh, member of the European Parliament for Kent. So that's why actually I think that places like Kent and the South can be far worse with that because it's, it's the people that are just outside London, basically. The people that see a bit of metropolitanism but don't want it. It's that kind of... Um, it's very weird. And I find even those that are in even West Sussex, um, that they'll be very... They'll be tolerant of it, but they're still behind the scenes. Well, actually, I don't, I don't know if I agree with yeah. yeah, that. That kind of viewpoint. Whereas actually in the north of England, I think they're way more tolerant. There's always a joke of um, how nice you are as you go further north really it's, it's, um it's this thing of like if you're in if you're in west sussex for instance where i'm from which is almost as south as you can go um it's this idea of you don't say hello to someone on the street and you don't i still wouldn't if i went back home you don't if you don't know them you don't say hello because you don't fucking know them like that's weird you get to them but then and the same thing in london you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't go through london and go you're right because it's london you're right. whereas if you start to get to the midlands for instance then you start to go you're right. Good day. All right. And you don't you don't know them, but you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. Fine. And then you'll carry on. You get a bit further north. Um, maybe you get to Yorkshire, and it'd be, hey, you're right, love. Hey, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, good lad. Yeah, and carry on. 
And the further north you go, and you know, you go to Scotland and they'll invite you in for a cup of tea. It's that kind of thing of the further north you get, they actually get nicer. So I think there's, there may be a viewpoint that the north is more like that, but I think it's more, it's more banter. It's more that they'll, they'll take the piss, but then they'll take the piss out of everyone. It's nothing yeah. to do with the fact that you don't. Yeah, where I come from. Answer. It's actually just that they're taking the piss and it's 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 a weird it's a very weird thing because i think england england is the only place i can think of that really has this culture of we are we will the more we take the piss out of you the more we like you and i know some places have it similar of like a subculture but in england it really is a kind of if we're if we're being yeah. nice to you it probably means we don't like you like <laughs> it's a weird thing in england. <laughs> it's this I, I i remember there's um there's a, a Reginald D. Hunter, who's an American comedian, talks about the fact that um, when he came to England, first of all, because he lives here now, but when mm -hmm. he first came over here, he was, I think he's from Alabama. And he said, there's a big difference because in America, you'd go, hey, this is my friend. Uh, this is my friend, Brad, really nice guy. You'll really like him. And he said, in, in that's that's you being nice in America. He said, if you do that in England, the, the, the equivalent of being nice in England is like, this is Dave, bit of a twat. And it's like, that's just how you say it. It's it's normal <laughs> <laughs> no but we do that in portugal too yeah we do that so in portugal too it's just part of that and the more like there's there's certain words i've used a certain word twice during it which is a c word which in england has two meanings one of them is the harsh way that everyone else thinks of it but the other way is actually a term of endearment um like so there is um Ricky Gervais that was it Ricky Gervais was in Scotland with his I think it was one of his American managers or something like that and one of a police officer a Scottish police officer came up to him and just went ah you're a funny cunt <laughs> and of course the American freaked the fuck out because it's like what the hell did he just say to you but of course Ricky Gervais just went oh thanks very much and just carried on they were like what he's like yeah no that's that's a term of endearment here that's not a that's not a bad you know it's really weird and so I think it's it's very strange I think for that's I think where a lot of issues may come for certain cultures is when they come yeah it's very different in 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 the way that we address people certain words we use that especially if, you, if you've been brought up speaking American English would just see as horrendous um and also ways of talking to people in general that are just just weird but i think that that's i mean that's the same with a lot of cultures there's a thing called um paris syndrome which um is i think it was it's uh, recognized in japan because paris is always suggested as being this romantic and wonderful city that's so amazing and you'll love it every time but um it's so different to the japanese culture that they actually when they come here they 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 sometimes get what's called the japanese syndrome they have to be repatriated back to japan because it's so offensive to their way of living and their way of life and i mean i personally can't stand paris either i think i think it's crap i i, I think it's the most overrated city on earth um but it, it's it's that it's that weird thing of like cultures when they clash <laughs> i did not know about that yeah it's, it's only japan that have it and they call it paris syndrome um, but it's because it's so different to their culture, which I can understand. Japan is a very, it, like, it's a very, um, Japan and, and China have a very kind of um, a, a culture that relies on everyone as one, effectively. Whereas a lot of Europe mm -hmm. and America do not. We're individuals. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, and for, for both of us, that works. And I mean, I, a lot of it in terms of, say, because I've done martial arts, Japanese martial arts would not work if it had the 
our way of doing things. If you were fighting individualistically, it wouldn't work because <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. So, I mean, it does work for what it is, but yeah, there are, it is interesting when the cultures kind of clash, but that's kind of more of the reason why we should be traveling, why we should be living, you know, to understand that if you're in different countries, there's a way of talking that is either yeah. going to get you in trouble or it's going to make you like, oh yeah, he's all right. I mean, I've, I've heard about friends of mine um, who've literally gone to Scotland and because um, Scotland are even more like it, um, who go to Scotland and there'll be a, a, an argument in a pub and their response, because I mean, obviously this isn't the response to every time this happens, guys, anyone listening out there, but they'll be <laughs> like, somebody's having a go at them. And they can read the room. They read the kind of, you know, and they've just gone, oh, fuck off, you Scottish bastard. And they've just gone, yeah, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> and just carried on. Like, like <laughs> that was actually like the right thing to do was to insult them. Um, and it's that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, that's not always the case. And that's, you know, that's that was uh, they read the room specifically. But it is interesting. So, yeah, I'd say actually the further north you get in terms of um, of accent and and like them knowing that you're from somewhere else doesn't matter it really doesn't i don't i don't think i think if you look at say um the political parties that get voted in in certain parts of the uk tells you a lot um because it's it's more a kind of a of a class thing if you're doing your job mm -hmm. you've done it well cool and i think that's i think it's changing it is changing so that that's going to be the case for all of the country but at the moment we still are very much especially with our class system stuck in 1952 mm -hmm. Um, you know, is the, the king is dead, long live the queen type attitudes at the moment mm -hmm. still in the UK with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, you know, we still technically, although um, technically we still like the queen, which is, is just a weird thing for me. Um, it's, it's just weird. I don't understand it. I know there's plenty of royalists out there, including my my, mo my mother. I, I don't get it, mum. Um, but, you know, we, we still have that old attitude, which I think is probably the reason, because a lot of people still in the UK think we're an empire. You know, I literally saw things on Twitter when we left, when we when Brexit happened going, oh, well, now we can get back to the British Empire. What? Fucking starting wars all over the world. We're well, not about to start in the British Empire, you twat. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> the British Empire? You don't own any, what, what, Gibraltar? I mean, what do you mean the British Empire? We have, we have Gibraltar and the Falkland Islands. What are you going to do? Go to war with um, Spain and fucking um, Argentina? No, 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 no. Let's not do that. It's weird. Um, <laughs> so strange. But I mean, it's good to hear that you haven't had it, but you said your, your friend had. So, I mean, was it really, it was just that their, their, their housemate just basically said to them, oh, you don't speak English then or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even quite sure if, she, if they were arguing or not, but mm. um, they don't get along that well. Right. Um, I know she's, she's British. I don't, I don't even know how to tell you from where, mm. but I know she is. Um, I don't know if they were having an argument or, uh, argument or not, but uh, yeah, she told them uh, like to shut up because she's not even, she doesn't even know how to speak English. Which is not true because she speaks better than me. Yeah, it was like I said. I mean, I think there's a there's a weird attitude difference in terms of speaking a, a foreign language as well, which I found from a lot of um, English um, English speakers as a second language is that what a non which are, an English language is foreign. Uh, yeah. English language as a second. See, I can't speak English. When people <laughs> speak English as a second language, for a lot of people. They'll be like, oh, I'm not very good. It's not, I'm not really conversational English. And most people in England are like, what? 
Like you're making full sense. What are you on about? When you you don't call yourself fluent, whereas we're there going, you're completely fluent. What are you on about? You're not fluent. You're completely fluent. And I think whereas the difference goes when an English person learns like four words, suddenly they consider themselves flu- fluent in another language. It's a very weird way of doing it. Um, but like, so most people in England can't understand other people in England. You know, if you ask someone from... Um, you know, Birmingham to understand someone from Newcastle, they just look at each other and go, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> I mean, I can't, it's, it's a very different cadence in the voice as well as anything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, mm-hmm. so for instance, you can hear this, the speed of my voice. Obviously when I slow it down, it can be, I can, when I go slower, it gets more well-pronounced and you get more, you get nearer to the received pronunciation, which is the old school of English. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you go 200 miles up North, and you get brummy. Now, brummy is like that. You start to slow the voice down. You get into a very strange accent. And you get that, which is completely fucking different. And for some people, if you're if they're listening to someone that speaks a different cadence like me, that can cause um, issues because there's new words that exist. So, um, so for me, if I said, are you OK? That makes sense to most people. If uh-huh. you're in Birmingham, for instance, you're OK. What? Are you becomes yum or yam you'm okay so it's weird when i hear english people go oh i don't know what they're saying they're from this country i'm like you don't understand what most english people are saying let's be honest if you if you ring a call center and they've got they're from newcastle you don't understand what they're saying not if they spoke properly like a lot of a lot of people in like call centers in liverpool and newcastle are trained how to speak slow because if they talked in a normal scouse accent or a normal geordie accent no one would understand them from england that's the point we don't understand each other because there's a different accent when going down five minutes down the road there is you know if i go if, if i go to london and i talk a bit yeah all right mate yeah yeah, yeah. I, just, I just need to go to tower bridge all right cheers mate yeah thank you very much you it's down the road it's a difference in voice that changes few minutes down the road you put these accents together we don't understand each other (laughs) so this idea that you can suddenly like oh well i don't understand you because you're from a different country yeah you probably don't understand your auntie that lives in yorkshire let's be honest it's very strange (laughs) to me very strange um but there we go that's my little rant my my, my very kind of i know there's plenty i I say plenty of people if anyone's still listening they you know well done but if anyone (laughs) is the more conservative that's watching this probably going oh well it's just because he's younger fuck off like the, the viewpoints of some of the older older generations are just nonsense at times that, that you know i think it's i think it's great that you've come over here and i think there should be more people moving all over the place but all over the place I, yeah I, I think that's you know this idea that we're so insular of like uh, my favorite one is when people talk about oh no but i'm a proper brit i'm anglo-saxon that's like oh for fuck's sake they're both german <laughs> The Angles and the Saxons are fucking German. What do you mean you're Anglo-Saxons, you're a proper Englishman? What, so you're German? What are you on about? What the fuck does that mean? The fuck? That's true. It doesn't make any sense. We, we, as, as, oh, fuck's sake. Our, our, our queen now is a direct descendant of uh, Guillaume de Baton, William the Bastard, who was a Viking who was given land by the French so that he wouldn't invade the rest of France. He didn't like fr- the French, but he's Northern European Viking that came over here and took, the, um, took it from, from Harold. So, and he's a direct descendant of our queen. So I don't understand where this weird viewpoint comes of like, we're segregated, we're proper English. What the fuck are you on about? Until the Second World War, the, the royal family was called Saxe-Coburn. 
So Coburg, sorry. Like the f- it doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get the hate. I don't get this idea of um, between uh, countries. And it's generally, and I, I think this is, it does come down to an educational thing. I really, I, it does. Because people yeah. don't know it. They don't know what Anglo-Saxon means. They don't know what, um, you know, the, the, the lineage of the royal families are. They don't understand. The amount of times when I taught, um, d- taught at, a, at a school. So I taught in Kent. And that's where I get the, the viewpoint of a lot of their parents who have taught them like, oh, well, yeah, but I'm proper British. Like, and, and also the word, if anyone checking, the words proper British, that's bad grammar. It's actually not an English way of saying it, is it? Um, it's I am, I am truly British or I am properly of British heritage. Proper British is bad grammar, not English. So anyone that's using that to say they're British, you're fucked up already. Um, so <laughs> I love it. When, when they say things like, you know, I, I, oh, I'm, I'm British, I literally made a deal with every single one of my students that said things like that and just said, OK, if you take a DNA test and you are 100 percent British, I will give you 10 grand because it's not possible. It's literally not possible because the markers, OK, the markers, everyone's related at the end of the day, if you go back far enough. But the markers are at some point, some lineage in your family has moved mm-hmm, to a different country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just has. We've, we've all in, we've all, all gone in, into there. And I mean, so many of the countries have invaded into ours and we've invaded into theirs. And, you know, the idea of, of my favourite one is that, oh, well, we didn't have black people in England until the 60s. Oh, really? Because the Romans came over here in like the third century. So and they definitely went through Africa. Just um, it's like it's weird. It's weird because people's education is so bad. It's, it's, I find it really strange because when I was brought up, this was taught to me. My education did have this included. Mm-hmm. So I, I find it really strange when people go nowadays, oh, well, we were never taught this. Why not? Because I was. What happened in between my, my, my years of education and yours? <laughs> because I was taught this as a normal thing. Like I under- It's very strange. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't understand it at all. I think we should be definitely overlapping. But I mean, do you see it as having just before we finish up, just to, you know, to end my rants, because they, they come fast and, and um, furious. Um, in terms of your own mental health, do you see um, the move as good or bad in any way? So, I mean, because we said about the fact that moving, it, you know, you might have, um, you, you might get homesick, mm-hmm. um, things like that. But do you see it as, oh, well, in the, in the end, it's going to really be good for my, for my mental health because it means I've got a better job and I'm going to be happier mm-hmm. or... Do you see it as, as it having an effect, like as opposed to if you just stayed at home and got into something, do you think there's a detrimental overall effect or a better, you know, what is it? I don't know yet. I'm thinking. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest. I think it, it depends um, because we have both sides. So in one side, like I I came here. Well, I moved with a friend. I stayed in in a brother's house for a month because I moved in. We came. Uh, okay, my friend. She was in the in occupational therapy with me in the degree with me, uh, and I also knew she was thinking about moving when we finished uh, our degree. So I spoke to her about it, and we moved here together right. in September. Our boyfriends came in October. Uh, so we stayed here for a month in her brother's house because uh, he's also living here. Okay. Um, so I was never, I never actually moved alone, alone. I was with her and now I'm with my boyfriend. So 
I don't know. I would say it depends on what happens. Um, for example, yeah, I think it really depends on what's going to happen. Because let's say if we don't, uh, neither me or my boyfriend, if we don't get friends at all here, because I have friends since I started uh, streaming, I have a lot of friends um, online uh, that I talk to uh, like a lot of times, some even daily. But still, it's not someone we can, like you said, just go to the pub. You know, it's different. That is only because it's lockdown, though. I've, I've said this to people before, is that there's a weird there's a weird viewpoint that people are taking about in real life friends and then online friends because they exist. They're real. So no, I know. <laughs> but the problem. Yes. No, I am totally aware. But they're not here. They're not in London. You know what I mean? So. Oh, OK. They're, they're from like a different. Co- OK. Right, exactly. Exactly. Right. Uh, so even I'm not it's not even about lockdown after lockdown. I'm still not going to be able to meet with them because we don't live in the same country or we don't live like in the same city. Yeah. Um, so I feel like um, if we stay here for more years with no friends, just like two of us, of course, I like him. I like him. Of course, he likes me. But you can stay 24 uh, seven every time with the same person. Like you yeah. need you need connections. In your life not only him or he not only me we need more connections um so i feel like for example if you don't get friends then it will start affecting um or for example i i don't find a job as an ot or my job is really really bad and i can't find another one that will affect me um but it's just something i I will be able to say in the future for now for the time being it's not except okay i'm homesick but i know like after i go there my boyfriend is the same situation so i know that after we go back to portugal for two weeks and then we come back again it will be all right yeah and especially i think there's something else too we know for example portugal is in the green list now uh we know we can go and when we come back, we don't have to quarantine, but we still have to do um, COVID tests. And that's expensive. And we're not in a situation right now. Nope. It's not expensive. There's two types. If you're in the green zone, either one is allowed. Lateral flow is allowed as well, which are the cheap ones. But that's here. I don't. I think in Portugal, you do have to do like the, the proper test. Uh, when I've you been... get there, it's before you leave, apparently. It's yes, it's before flow. I leave, but the result, I think it's, it has to be from the proper test, the expensive one. I'm not sure I've been I, I'm just going on what I saw what I saw online, which was when you're returning back to the UK, you don't have to take another test. No, so, but I'm talking about going there, going to Portugal. I think Oh, Portugal, the, the rules that they're having separately. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, the PCR they need. Test. I think they yeah. need. So I think also another thing that pro- that's probably affecting us is that... When you move, you know that you can go back anytime. We can't. Mm. We can't go back anytime. Um, and for example, like Portugal, we live in Porto, so it's in the north. It's not that far. It's like two, like like we talked about. It's like two hours to mm. to get there. And the um, 
the tickets, they are not that expensive. Now they are because everything was in lockdown. You did find me cheaper tickets. I don't know how you did that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, now they, they are more expensive, but it's because it was lockdown. Now it's not anymore. And also uh, summer is like at the door. So everyone is going to go. So they are more expensive now. But for example, uh, during the winter, we can totally go there, like fly there uh, Friday night. And come back Sunday night. Yeah. And it's not going to be that expensive. Um, so I think when we go back to normal, like the real normal before COVID, I think it's going to be much easier for, for us. So no, I don't think it will affect me um, in the long run. I don't yeah. think so. That's good. But, I mean... But potentially it might it might affect you in a good way if if you kind of get... <gasps> Different oh yes 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 sorry i totally forgot about the the, the good side yes <laughs> and on the good side that's exactly it so i never lived alone now i'm living alone i know how to do my laundry <laughs> i had to clean the whole house uh you know like i'm an adult now what the hell is going on i'm an adult and it's it's rewarding like i can't do this I can live on my own because even if I want to call mom and mom, please come make me soup. I can't. She's too far to make me soup. So I have to survive on my own and it's rewarding. Like I know how to survive on my own. Okay. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. Nice feeling. I know how to be an adult. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, yay. I've got it. I'm halfway through my twenties, <laughs> but now I can be an adult. Exactly. <laughs> I'm renting a house on my own in English. What am I doing? Like, the better way of doing it because buying is a fucking nightmare um <laughs> so i'm currently doing it now this office for anyone that's going to be watching in the future this office will change <laughs> i hope um yeah buying is a nightmare so renting definitely uh, but yeah no it's it's great to kind of get your, your your skills up in just life really sometimes being able to just go outside of anything yeah. is really helpful so um that's great was there anything you wanted to kind of add to kind of close up about you know moving abroad or moving or making the leap to do something different or do something new um was there anything you wanted to kind of finish off and then we'll we'll finish up I would just say like if there's something that someone wants to do just do it if you don't feel comfortable for example if I didn't feel comfortable in moving to London all of the sudden all right just rent some house some some flat near where you live see how you feel and then make the leap and move about like you want to and it doesn't have to be perfect it doesn't yeah. have to be but whatever it is for example uh i started my my twitch channel that's the first project that i in my life that i started and i didn't start like it has to be perfect everything that i have to do it has to be perfect so it's the only one that i'm truly enjoying the other ones i started a month or two after i stopped because i would look at what i did oh oh but this I need to, I, this should have been written better oh this recording this sh should have been better so I would just quit because it was not perfect of course it's not if I don't have the experience it's not going to be yeah it's not supposed to be you'll get there so that's what I would say like if you want to start something if you want to do it do it if it's not perfect it's all right you have time to make it better you have time yeah it's you, you do with, with all those kind of things you, you always have some kind of um 
some kind of time to uh, to do it it's just that people don't like that people like the idea of it must be better now i must be able to do it now and that's yeah these things come to us as as proven by cat there from the fact that she's come over here during um a lockdown i don't think without patience i don't think cat would have done too well during lockdown so yeah <laughs> basically okay well thank you very much for for joining us cat um, thank for, you so for much for inviting me. me um and thank you everyone if anyone has got to this point well done tap you know tap on the back well done <laughs> Um, I know, you know, listening to me rant after a while gets a bit thin, um, but hopefully there are a few of you with us. So um, thank you very much for, for watching and um, we will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone.